peoples of the worldwide federated internet what's good So if you guys remember, the last time I took a trip, traveled to visit my kids, I was having some problems with using my recording software. So this time I kind of got some of that worked out. The video is a little laggy because I'm using my laptop. It's not really built for doing video like this. So if it's laggy, I apologize. If it's not laggy, hey, that's great. That's awesome. So I want to get back to my study in the book of Genesis. So we got done with Genesis chapter four and we going to pick up in the book of Genesis chapter five, verse one. So let's get into this. All right. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man in the likeness of God made he him. I've read that um, the definition of that word generations from the English dictionary before. But I wanted to read the Hebrew word that's used there. And the Hebrew word used there is uh, Taladah. Now, I know I'm probably more than likely slaughtering that word. But the meaning is descendants, results, proceedings, generations, genealogies, genealogical list of one's descendants, one's contemporaries, course of history, begetting or account of heaven. And I wonder, so this is what I wondered when I read that. So. We know that the that the Bible is a complete book and I understand that this is the writing of the book of Genesis, first book of the Bible. But we all know that God has foreknowledge. God has all knowledge. He knows all. So I wondered as I was reading this, is this talking about more than just this specific book, God and his foreknowledge? knowing that this is the first book of what would be a complete Bible, letting us know that this is the genealogies of all mankind, because that's exactly what this is. And the proof of that is actually found in the book of Acts. Let's go there, the book of Acts chapter 17, and we'll start at verse 24 and go through verse 26 and i've read this before many times like i said before i go over a lot of the same verses sometimes or it may seem but uh, these things connect right the bible's a whole complete um concise book god that made the world and all things therein seeing that he is lord of heaven and earth dwelleth not in temples made with hands Neither is worship with men's hands, 
as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made, listen to this statement, of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bonds of their habitations. Again, I've said this before. I'll say it again and I will reiterate. This is one of the reasons why I don't get wrapped up in all of these racial divide movements, because the Bible says that God made all nations. Let's read that again. And hath made of one blood all nations. We all come from Adam. If you if you read that verse in the book of Genesis again, we'll go back there. Genesis 5 1. And this is why I think that this was. In essence, a a prophetic verse. Because this is, in my opinion, not just talking about the immediate genealogies, but all mankind. This is the book of the generations of Adam and the day that God created man in the likeness of God made he him. And what this shows, seeing that this is the the genealogy of mankind, and we see in the book of Acts chapter 17, that of one blood, God made all nations. That's all of us. We all come from Adam. So again, when I see a lot of this racial divide stuff, I'm like, yeah, we might have our different tribes and different cultures and we might have have ancestors in different lands. But if we go back to the root, we all come from Adam. Bottom line, which means none of us escape Romans chapter five and verse twelve. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. So death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. So none of us escapes this truth. We're all under that under that umbrella right there. No one escapes that. All right. In verse uh, two, the Bible says male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. Now, if you're reading this and you're not just reading at cursory glances and you're actually paying attention to what's said, you might read this verse and go, hold up. Wait a minute. There was Adam and Eve. But when you look at verse two, it says a male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. Now, let's think through that. Let's unpack that. Why is that? We know God created Adam and Eve. Why did it say Adam? Well, let's remember what the what the book actually teaches. So let's go to the book of Genesis again. Chapter two. And verse 21. Now you remember. God said it is not good for man to be alone. And he wanted to create a help acceptable and suitable for Adam. Adam named all the animals. 
And God said, all right, we're going to put Adam to sleep, take a rib, and from that rib, Eve will be created. And this is where we pick up in Genesis chapter 2, verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed, uh, and closed up the flesh instead thereof, and the rib which the Lord God had taken from Adam made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. There is a specific, natural, and special connection between man and woman, especially a man and his wife in the proper context. This is how God laid it out. I always say, when I hear people make certain arguments, I always say, a man is not better than a woman, and a woman is not better than a man. We're different, and we're unique, but we're meant to be in union. This is the way God designed it. A man doesn't have a woman's role. A woman doesn't have a man's role. And this is a very unique and special bond. And I believe that's shown in this verse. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. In verse three, and Adam lived a hundred and thirty years and begot a son and his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. Now let that think about that for a minute. I'm 41 years old and I have four kids. I cannot imagine having another kid living to 130 years old and having a kid. What? That's madness. Now, of course, in this day, the age of men was much longer. And when God pronounced death upon men, um, I believe that the, the degradation of of the body began at that point. You know, as, as time went on, the body degraded more and more and the lifespan of, of men became much shorter. Also, what I what I could point out here is you have to understand sometime when you're reading your Bible, because you might read this and you might go, wait, but. In the previous verses, it talks about um, Cain and Abel. And then after that, it talks about Eve having Seth. And now it's talking about God creating Adam and Eve and then him having Seth. How does this work? Well, first, remember, I said how many years passed between these things? We don't know. Well, here we find out that Adam had Seth. Adam and Eve had Seth 130 years in. So we know that somewhere in between that time, between creation 
And the birth of Seth, somewhere within that 130-year period, the situation with Cain and Abel happened. Right? So you have to understand how the Bible is laid out. Sometimes a story is told, and that story is something that happened before a story that's going to be told afterwards. It's not really confusing. It might seem confusing, but if you actually read and study your Bible, it's actually very simple to follow. I don't know why God laid the Bible out this way. Sometimes I wonder, sometimes I think maybe that's actually to make us go in and study and not just read flippantly. Because when you come across things like this, you're going to have to dig. You're going to have to go beyond just reading. You have to go back and try to make sense of what you're reading. I don't know. I, I don't have the answer right offhand. I don't know why it was done this way. Maybe someday I'll figure that out. But as of now, I know it just forces me to dig in deeper and study some more. In verse four, the Bible says, and the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were 800 years and he begot sons and daughters. That number is mind boggling. So this is what this is the things that you don't think about and can't really be accounted for almost when you when you think about living for that long. Can you imagine the amount of knowledge you accumulate living for that long? I wonder something. I often wondered about the Great Pyramids. They still don't know how the Great Pyramids were constructed. Who constructed them exactly? There's some speculations and some people say they know they really don't know. I wonder if, it, if the pyramids were created or somewhere around this time. Think people living for 830 years, 700 years, 600 years. The amount of knowledge and skills you would accumulate over over that amount of time. Staggering. It's crazy. That's a long life to live. In verse five, I'll end here today and I will point something out. This is something that shows up whenever you go through these genealogies. And this is the thing that shows up. And all the days of Adam lived were 930 years and he died. That statement comes up. It comes up again and again, and he died. This is something that you won't escape. We all have this appointment. Now, there are unique situations in the Bible where where men escaped this appointment with death. And the only way they did that was because of their faith, trust in God, Enoch being one of these men. The Bible says that he was translated that he might not see death. And the only way that happened, his testimony was that he feared God. His faith was in God. But other than that, if you go to the book of Hebrews, chapter nine, verse 24 through 28, I'm going to read something for Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us, not yet 
that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with the blood of others, right? The high priest every year went in once a year to offer the sacrifice to God for the sins of the people. This was done every year. This is not how the sacrifice of Christ went. That was just a picture of what was to come. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. As it is appointed unto man once to die. This is an appointment you will not escape. But after this, the judgment. So Christ was offered to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Again, that's something that you'll see come up in these verses a lot. And he died. This is one of those appointments that you won't be able to skip out on. And the only way that you will be able to deal with this appointment is being found redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.